Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hey there, I'm Carly Beth Rankin, and it's a pleasure to have you join me today. There's a spot at my table just for you. Now let's break bread together. Well, welcome back on this fine Tuesday. We technically wrapped up yesterday's post on where Jesus started his Tuesday morning. The fig tree that Jesus had cursed on Monday was discovered to have completely withered when Jesus and his disciples reached it again Tuesday morning. After they passed by the wilted tree, they arrived at the temple where Jesus began teaching in the courts again. The chief priests and the elders watched Jesus as he returned with such ease after they just witnessed his big outburst the previous day. Who did he think he was? First, he contradicted their traditions by healing people on the Sabbath. Then, he befriended the lowest of sinners and actually dined with them in their houses. And just the day prior, he'd wrecked havoc on their businesses and threatened their reputation. And now... Now he dared return to continue his persuasion? The man had guts, but they refused to allow him glory. They were the religious authority over the people. The chief priests were in charge of worship. The teachers of the law were professional scholars trained to teach the law. And the elders constituted the Jewish high court. No one refuted their hierarchy and knowledge. Not even Jesus of Nazareth. Together, they conducted a plan to catch Jesus in a trap. Once his faults were revealed for everyone to see, they'd justify their desires and have him killed. Ready to display their superiority and wisdom, they approached Jesus with manipulating questions. The battle of wits began. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked, knowing they had not given him permission. And who gave you authority to do this? Jesus answered their question with a question. If you'll answer my question, I'll answer yours, Jesus replied, throwing the ball back in their court. Tell me this, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it mere human? Let me know. I'll wait. Mark eleven twenty nine through 30, my version. The leaders huddled together to discuss their answer. They discovered they were in a pickle. The Jewish community believed John was a prophet sent by God. So if they answered that John's authority was of human origin, they'd be condemned by the people. On the flip side, if they stated John's authority came from God, they'd have to explain why they refused his baptism. Either way, they were toast. Uh, We don't know, they finally replied to Jesus. All right, then I won't tell you the authority I'm operating in then either, Jesus stated. Mark 11.33, my version again. Jesus then used a parable to expose their malice. In the parable, a man planted a beautiful vineyard and decided to move away and rent it to some farmers. When it came time to harvest, the vineyard owner sent a servant to the tenants to collect portions of its fruit. But the tenants seized the servant, beat him, and sent him back empty-handed. So the owner sent another servant, and they beat him as well. The owner kept sending servants, and the tenants would either beat or kill each one. Finally, the owner sent his beloved son, thinking, They will respect my son. But the tenants recognized him as the owner's heir and murdered him in hopes to claim his inheritance. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? 
Jesus rhetorically asked as he finished telling the parable. He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others, he stated. When the religious panel heard the parable of the tenants, they knew Jesus was speaking against them. Now he'd really done it. They searched for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd's reaction. They fled the scene and continued their scheming elsewhere, where a new plan was conceived. Since Jesus had silenced their efforts to trap him, they enlisted the Pharisees and the Herodians to try their hand at deceit. But Jesus smelled them coming a mile away. First off, the Pharisees and the Herodians were an unlikely team. The Pharisees were passionate nationalists who strongly opposed the Roman rule, while the Herodians supported it. That was their first red flag. Secondly, they approached Jesus with flattery on their lips. Hey, teacher, they started. We know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. So tell us honestly, do you think it's right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Matthew twenty-two seventeen, my version. Another test. If Jesus answered no, the Herodians would report him to the Roman governor and he'd be executed for treason. But if he said yes, the Pharisees would declare him disloyal to his own nation. Brilliant, manipulated bait. But they weren't the fisher of men. You hypocrites, Jesus, Jesus wasted no time in uncovering their trickery. Why are you trying to trap me? Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. The men's jaws dropped. Their evil hearts had been seen straight through their complimentary disguise. They fled from Jesus at a loss. As Jesus continued teaching the crowds, he sat down opposite from where the offerings were being placed and watched as several rich people threw in large amounts. And then Jesus saw her, a woman who'd lost her husband, who only had a few cents to her name, approach the treasury and place two small copper coins in the box. The coins were of little value, but to her, they were much. A beautiful depiction of true worship. Another moment Jesus seized to teach. Calling his disciples, he directed his view to the lady. Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put everything she had, all she had to live in, live on. Her devotion wasn't to her finances, but to the sovereign Lord she served. The creator of heaven and earth honored her for it. Jesus wrapped up a long day of teaching in the courts, and him and his disciples started their journey back to camp. As they were on their way out, a disciple marveled at the sights of the temple. It was dazzling. It was built with white marble and plated gold and had porches surrounding the temple area. The porches had pillars cut out of solid marble that stood 37 and a half feet high and were so thick that three men joining hands together could hardly encircle one. The disciple commented on the remarkably massive stones. As magnificent as they were, Jesus revealed they wouldn't remain long. Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. 
Jesus told him, referring to the complete destruction of Jerusalem and the temple that came later in A.D. 70. He continued sharing his warnings of what was to come with his disciples and urged them to live ready, hoping they'd heed the truth he conveyed to them earlier that day. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself, he told them. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 39, my version. He didn't know when he'd be coming again. Only the father knew. Oh, how desperately he ached to be able to carry all of his sons and daughters home when that day comes. But first, he had three more days before he laid the bridge that paved the way there. A bridge in the shape of a cross. Oh Lord, thank you for seizing every moment to teach through everything you did and said before you departed. Your whole life is a testimony we aim to emulate. Show us, Lord, where we are failing to glorify you and where we fall short in loving others as ourselves. We want to honor you, God, with every part of our lives so that whether you come back earlier than expected or later than expected, we will be ready. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that concludes Jesus' last Tuesday on earth. He had a day packed full of teaching and shedding light to the destruction of the temple in the end times. And I imagine he slept really good and hard after the emotional exhaustion of Teaching Tuesday. So it was a lot in one little post. I know that, but he really did have so much that I wanted to cover. So I hope that was okay. Hope you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. We will meet again tomorrow for Wednesday. Until then, may God bless you and have a great day.